0: Thank you for listening in, it's time for hijinks to ensue again, you're all such fools but you're all fools until the end, and if you knew Bobby E and decided to do a okay, cast, Well then you would see, my life is so damn frustrating And the blue coyote says, "White call giggles and tears princes of the universe oh. hey hey Bobby Bobby yeah I didn't see you sitting there yeah, it's been a whole 24 hours with your pants on and everything oh I'll get these off real quick awesome cool so how's it going not bad not bad sitting here in some lacy panties <laughs> your garter belts Uh, uh, uh. The beers are flowing, the dips are spitting, and up on deck. We teased everybody, I think everyone wanted to know what we were going to say about it. We kind of cut them off at the knees yesterday. So, let's let's start this off. Okay. Brock Lesnar, not in the WWE. I have finally defeated him. (laughs) <laughs> our mission has been accomplished people we can move on now we're after Kevin Nash yep gotta get him unasked from that legends contract and not in the hall of fame again um interesting 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 so, yesterday I alluded to people on Facebook AEW page well, they're not in WWE, they're coming to AEW. Like half the motherfuckers are just on there. I can't wait for him to get to AEW and just tear everybody apart. There's no one who can wrestle him. No, I'm just, Are you kidding me? Uh there's a lot of people over there who could wrestle him. Number one. And then the other half of the people, well, AEW couldn't afford him. They could AEW doesn't need him. That's Nobody not what he needs him. That's not what they're about. They're about talent that wants to be there. That wants to learn. That wants to be better. Not guys who want to work four times a year. Get shitty tattoos. Yeah, Goldberg. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't try to slip that one by me. Work two times a year. Four times over the next two years. Limited contract. Shitty tattoos. Well, See, they're the he same has person. one tattoo. They're the same person. You're the same person. Yep. Okay. But it does bode the question. So, now now that I have my radio voice back on, let's talk about Brock Lesnar. Most feeling and speculation is he's not going to wrestle for another company. It would be interesting to see what he did outside of the WWE bubble. But he's not going to do that. Uh, UFC is probably off the table for him. Uh, I think in his mind, he might be ready to go, but in Dana White's mind, no, because he's already been burned by Brock Lesnar before. Uh, Years ago, Brock was rumored to be going back to the UFC, and he basically used that opportunity to drive up his price on the contract that he signed with WWE. Mm -hmm. A lot of business insiders who know the situation well have reported that they believe that This is that part of that love-hate relationship that Brock and Vince have for one another. Uh, Vince lets Brock's contract go, kind of threatens him, like, hey, if you really want to stick around here, these are the things you're going to do. And Brock kind of does the same thing to go, hey, if you really want to keep me, you're going to pay me this much more money. So uh, the speculation is that he will show up back in WWE, most likely at WrestleMania. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm over it. I just know that him not being there, because he hasn't been seen since WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. him not being there is no different than when he's on contract and still not there. Or when he shows up and someone else does his talking for him. Or he has five-minute squash matches. I'm not saying the guy can't go. He knows some shit. But, come on, guys. We're better than that. We deserve better than that. He's shit on the business enough. I agree. Now, brings up a good point. You've got someone who really doesn't care for the business. To them, it is a payday. It's a private plane. It's Affording to be able to live in another country and commute on a semi-regular basis. And fans in droves want him. They want to see him. They're upset when he is not a part of the product. If you say so. Then you take someone else who loves this business. Grew up loving this business. Lived their dream one night. as part of a main event talking about Goldberg? No. No. Goldberg didn't love the business either. I'm talking about David Arquette. He loved the business, uh, was a huge fan of it growing up, went on later to say that whenever he made and was promoting, ready to rumble, that when he promoted it and was in the ring and was with these superstars, he said, that was the greatest night of my life. You take someone like that who loves the business, who did what he was told to do in that business, and people have crucified him for it. They've hated him for it. They've said that he destroyed the business. So I think that is the official segue into you cannot kill David Arquette. No, you can't. What'd you think? Very inspirational. I had no fucking idea yeah. how much he went through and I think we lose sight of that. I think we lose sight of that with anybody. And we'll tell each other all day long. You know, you, you meet someone in a grocery store or parking lot or whatever the case may be, and clearly they're not having a good day. And we, and we try to remind ourselves sometimes, like, hey, they're just not having a good day. Or, hey, you know, we don't know what's happened in their, their life. We haven't walked a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And we try to show some empathy. And we get through our day and our social interactions with people that way. But then you take someone from Hollywood... Uh, or a professional athlete or anything like that, and you put them up on this pedestal because they are heroes or whatever the case may be, and you tend to forget that they're human. Mm -hmm. That they also go through shit. Right. And some of their shit is not going to be on the level of your shit. Some of their problems are going to be problems that you would never have to deal with. But, just the same, they're going to go through some problems and some trials and some tribulations. I think my my issue initially is we went a few weeks where we continuously mentioned ready to rumble and we did the watch along, um, but we had kind of touched on the fact that he had come back into wrestling and was doing some wrestling and. I thought it might have been because he needed the money and he loved the business and was trying to do both. Um, realistically, everything that I gather from the onset of this thing is that he is, he's wealthy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he just wants to work. He's right. still wanting to work. Um, he's a hyper guy. Yes, he is. So, uh, let's unpack it. I I, I really want to get your opinion as a total. Like, you... So you're saying, like, you didn't understand that life had gotten that bad at times for him. No, I, I had no idea that he, like, took all that criticism and it focused him in a direction to where he actually fucking wrestled like for reals yeah i had no idea i just pictured him as a a movie star i I don't know it was weird so i i do recommend that you check out the documentary fuck yeah um it is probably (laughs) one of the best documentaries i've seen it was entertaining It was funny at moments. It was sad at other moments. Um, There were some moments that were hard to watch. Um, There are moments which he probably viewed as incredibly humbling. Like, oh, I am humbled that this has happened. And at the same time, I just thought, you are hurting someone to try to prove a point. Um, There's an instance where he... Goes to like a backyard wrestling event. It's like his four way, his stepping back in. Like I'm gonna try to be yeah. a wrestler again, but he still really hadn't had any training, and just some of some of the gu- things that those guys do to him just were very unsettling to me. A lot of potatoes. Uh, yes. So for those that do not know or might have heard just a little bit, uh, David Arquette, who's from the Arquette acting showbiz family. Every member of the family has kind of been involved in showbiz in one form or another. Grew up really enjoying wrestling. He enjoyed the athleticism of it. He enjoyed the showmanship of it, the entertainment side of it. So whenever he made that movie and he goes into promoting it, one of the issues that he has is, Eric Bischoff says, hey, we're going to put the title on you. And he was friends with Diamond Dallas Page because DDP is a real personable guy. He's he's probably really one of those guys who's like really easy to get along with. Um, As as hard as he worked to get into the business, you know, he really wasn't breaking in until late 30s. So he knows kind of what it's like to be that outsider and trying to get in and trying to get in. So he's really great with fans. Well, he tells Arquette flat out, he's like, this is not a good idea. You shouldn't do it. But Arquette, uh, much to uh, the things I've heard from Arn Anderson that he said about his own career, didn't realize he could say no. So mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we're going to make you the champ as part of this promotion oh. to promote the movie. He didn't realize I can just say no. Right. So he goes along with it. Um, he thinks he's just kind of playing a part, and he's not doing anything super athletic. He's not having these, you know, barn burner five-star matches or anything. But to him, he's just kind of going along with the show. And he doesn't realize that he's getting heat with other wrestlers. He's getting heat with fans. You know, a lot of fans say that the moment that happened, it killed the business. That didn't kill the business. No. Business goes on. It didn't kill WCW. WCW was already on a downward slope. They were trying to, you know pull the nose of the plane back up, so to speak. So, I don't think he killed the business. I think that he misunderstood the business and was kind of led down a path of believing one thing when it was actually another. Wrestlers, by nature, are very carny-like. They're very superstitious. They're very protective of the business. Um, You know, one of the greatest things I thought about this documentary... And I've, I've watched it twice this week. I will probably watch it again <laughs> after we record today. But one of the opening things that they have is Ric Flair. While Bobby E doesn't like him, many fans around the world are going to say that he is, like, the champ. He he made the business, so to speak. Um, in a different way from Hogan. Completely different. But To them, Ric Flair is like the epitome of a wrestler. He actually knows some moves and he put in the work and he trained really hard and he became the champ and personified being the champ. He's in the beginning of the documentary. Uh And they ask him point blank about David Arquette. He says, I love David Arquette. I respect David Arquette. David Arquette's a great guy. Uh, He's so over. Look at his wife. You know, he's kind of hitting on his wife there, talking about how beautiful she is. And then they ask him, well, what about David Arquette as a wrestler? He's like, oh, absolutely not. (laughs) So you get, you know, what his opinion is. Um, And I don't think that his opinion is not validated. He has the right to that opinion as a wrestler. God, that dog is... I don't even hear it. Yeah, Our fans do. Probably think we're killing that dog. Make a nice stew out of her later. Put her in the potato soup nice so as the documentary goes on and i'm not gonna spoil some things it's it's all i hate to say documented because that's kind of a pun on you know it's a documentary his career has been out there you've been able to follow it so i i i'm not gonna let any cats out of the bag on this but i will tell you that whenever the movie starts he's wanting to get back in to wrestling You're going to see that journey. You're going to see who he talks to. You're going to see training that he does. You're going to see roadblocks that he has to get through. Um, It's not a Cinderella story by any means, but I will tell you that there is a scene later on at a convention, and he has a match, and he comes back from the match, and Ric Flair is backstage, and Ric Flair is interacting with him. How talent interacts with each other. I will say that. So the, the man puts in the work that... He doesn't come backstage and Ric Flair just won't talk to him. He actually talks to him, wrestler to wrestler. So that is the transformation that you're going to see here. You're going to see a man who felt like he was a part of the business, completely shunned, and then, he, as you said, he pushes and it, it drives him to learn the basics, go out there, to probably do some things he shouldn't do. You know, he does a lot of indie wrestler stuff. You know, the independent wrestling, those guys, the things that they put their body through, not only to entertain fans, but also to prove to promoters, hey, I'm willing to do what you need me to do Mm -hmm. to make it to the big leagues. So uh, it was posted this week and uh, I stole it and put it on our Facebook page. Which former world champion should AEW sign next? David Arquette or Brock Lesnar? Are you asking me? Yes. Oh, Arquette. I agree. I actually would like to see David Arquette in AEW. I would too. Um, Even if it was for limited appearances. And he'll tell you, hey, I'm not the greatest worker out there. And he's not. But he's proved that he's put in the work. That's what's... He has more passion than Lesnar. Yes, I will agree. Um, Ooh, that's three weeks in a row. There's, I mean, this cat goes to Mexico and meets up with DDP and does some training with some luchadoras down there. That that was impressive. There was some touching moments. Not going to ruin that. But there are a lot of people in this movie that you might not expect. We mentioned Ric Flair. Um, Courtney Cox is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his current wife and his kids are in it. Uh, his sisters and his brother are all in it, so the Arquette family's in there. But, other wrestling talent, Um let's see, you've got Ken Anderson, you got the Nasty Boys, who Bobby E. loves. Um, no, he doesn't. <clears throat> that was a tongue-in-cheek. Um, you've got Jungle Boy is in it. Uh, I mean, there's like, I'm trying to run through the list in my head. There was there was a lot. Uh, there was a... Like, during the credits, they're showing not really deleted scenes, but stuff that didn't make the film. And, and MJF is in it. And he's cutting this heel promo about being the world champ, and how he wants to be the champ. And David Arquette's in the audience, and he stands up and goes, Anyone can be the world champion! <laughs> and I just thought that was the greatest. Uh, that was... <laughs> that was just really funny. Um, you had different announcers in it as well. Such as, um, the one I like with the gray hair. I don't know. WCW. Yeah, I'm dumb. Yeah, uh, Eric Bischoff. There you go. Eric Bischoff was in it. They yeah. actually had a sit down meeting, and yeah. then um, I think uh, Vince Russo is in it as well. They, you know, they talked to a couple different people. Um, it was it was just really interesting. It's. It's, it's a story of transformation, but there's some really great highs. There's some moments where you can see that he is elated and happy, and you are happy for him, and then there's some low moments. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very raw depiction. I, uh, I saved some reviews, uh, and I don't... <clears throat> there's probably a ton more. Um, when we saw this, it had just come out... Uh, and it came out a couple weeks ago. I think we saw it a weekend. And so I wanted to uh, see, you know, what are some things that other people are saying about this? Uh, let's take a look. Come on, where yet? you at? All right. So um, on IMDB, one of them was a 1 out of 10 stars. They said, if you thought David Arquette was strange and full of himself before, this movie will definitely make you hate him. Boring garbage. Who makes these thinking it's going to make money so bad? One. It's not a movie. It's not. And documentaries rarely make money. Two. I didn't see this as a vanity project. It wasn't him. Look at me. Look at me. Um, Yeah. I think he might have this reputation of craving spotlight. Like everyone should look at him and he wants to be the center of attention. Um, And I think that's kind of the spin that his character got. I mean, yes, David Arquette won the title, but him as the world champ in WCW was a character that was not him. It's just, he's a famous guy. You can't just change his name. Right. You know, Ric Flair is going to be Ric Flair. You can't, like, hey, this week, you know, Berto A. No, he's not Berto A. He's going to be Ric Flair forever. So they couldn't change his name, but he did, cha- he did play a character. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, two, <clears throat> this movie, I feel, was for fans. He said from jump, I want to prove to people that I wasn't out to kill the business. It wasn't my decision. I did not do these things because I wanted to hurt the business. I did this because I was a fan and I was given an opportunity. Um, Another review was 7 out of 10 stars says, uh, I'll admit to knowing very little about professional wrestling. So this was the first I'd heard about actor David Arquette's scandal nearly 20 years ago as he promoted his movie Ready to Rumble. But he, he went on to say that he kind of had an appreciation for the business, uh, seeing what people have to to go through to get there. All right, Right on. Uh There is a lot of blood in this. It is gory. Um, it is rated R for language, uh, bloody images, and some nudity. I haven't seen any nudity. You see him naked, getting waxed and tanned. Oh, that's right. That okay. was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. Forget forgot about that part. Gets tanned and then goes home and... <laughs> she's like, well, what about your movie tomorrow? He's like, oh, crap. So then he has to, like, <laughs> wash all that shit yeah. off. <laughs> it was Ugh. pretty good. He was, like, Hogan-level tanned. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was interesting. Um, but there there's like a whole really good article out there if you kind of want to hear um, in his own words some of the reasons that he put this out and did the things that he did um so just just google it's it's your best friend not mine I know I use the gaggle your best friends blue guy my best friend is Bobby <laughs> <laughs> You poor, poor guy. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, it, it it's very different from other wrestling documentaries in the past. Um, it's not just glorifying. It's kind of... Uh, the, Sorry. It's, it's the difference between... Uh, Hogan's first book and Hogan's next book. If you've read both, you'll kind of understand. One of them is very ego-driven, and look at all the great things I did, and everyone else was wrong, and this is why I was right. And then you read the second book, and it pretty much opens up with how bad his life has gotten, and he's on the verge of suicide. So there's, like I said, there's a lot of dark moments here. But some good stuff. tick, tick, tick. tick. How's oh, that picking up? Yeah, Shit. <laughs> that's cool. Sorry, folks. Um, I'm new. So, without giving anything away, mm-hmm. was there a particular scene that wouldn't like spoil the whole documentary that you enjoyed? I like him hanging out with the the indie wrestler in the van. Yeah, that guy was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, so. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, part. that guy was pretty cool, and he yeah. was pretty helpful. I, uh, Peter Avalon, also known as the Librarian, he's in the movie. He uh, is training him at his home. He actually has a res- wrestling ring in his backyard, which we have mentioned before. He did an interview with Jericho and talked about having that ring. Um, That's pretty cool. So seeing you know that ring come in and get set up and the maintenance they have to do and just. Seeing him in the ring with his son was was a pretty cool moment. I think for me, one of the down-to-earth moments that I really enjoyed is his father was a puppeteer. Yeah. Um, was really big into marionettes. He's good, too. Yeah. And his dad also, for those of you who don't know, voiced uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka in the 80s Hogan cartoon. So Mm. that was kind of a cool little touch to wrestling. Um, So there's a moment where he has a David Arquette marionette. Yeah. And he's having a conversation with himself. Like, hey, David the Puppet, how's it going? Well, the fans are saying this, and... Well, you just gotta keep moving forward, and it's gonna be okay. And it's like he's giving himself this pep talk. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Um... I found his fascination with Miss Elizabeth really interesting. Um, Yep, that comes up quite a few times. Spoilers! Well, I mean, Miss Elizabeth. R.I.P. R.I.P. So, check it out any way you can. Find this documentary. Watch it. I know I've had a lot of you ask, like, hey, have you seen it? What's going on? Was it good? What's this and that? And that was one of the reasons we wanted to do this uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Review. We wanted to review it mm-hmm. for you guys. Uh, great stuff. There's a lot of hidden gems in there. Uh, there's a lot that I don't want to spoil, but I can tell you that it is very good. Uh, and I'm going to watch it again, and I'm glad that I got it and I can continue to watch it. Yeah, I'll definitely re-watch it. It's, it as far as behind the scenes and stuff like that, it's up there with uh the uh beyond the mat documentary mm. that's out there um but it is very true to having a beginning a middle and an end you can see where he's where he's starting like hey uh this is where i'm at this is what i want to accomplish he sets out to do some of those things and then you know there is an end to that story as far as the documentary now what i found interesting is cuz we brought it up before that he was wrestling again and um, the one moment that did not make the movie, which I wished had, was where he was in the ring wrestling and someone, you know, shouted out how he had no money and that's why he had to wrestle and he just turned around and yelled at the friend or the, the fan, I've got friends money, bitch. Um, that was not in the film, but I found it interesting that whenever he had his interview with Chris Jericho and they were discussing, you know, how he had come back and the matches that he had had and this, that, and the other. It never came up that the whole time he'd been doing this, he had a documentary crew that was following him around and, and documenting all of this. Um, so he didn't even plug it then. He held off until it was ready to go and, and put out there. But uh, yeah, upon hearing about the documentary and YouTubing some of his matches and stuff, I thought while Cody Rhodes held on to that TNT title, it would have been really cool for David Arquette to show up and challenge him for that belt and actually have a match. Uh, that would have been pretty cool. Nice, Yeah. Um, but he loves the business. He should be remembered as a fan first. Uh, and he does put in the work, as you're going to see. So check it out. I will, uh, I'm giving it five out of five stars. It was that good. I agree. All right. Well, this episode was a little short. Uh, we had the one topic. I hope that you will tune in tomorrow and check out the Watch Along Wednesday. We've got a jam-packed match. Uh, Bobby E's gonna hate. I'm gonna love. So uh, make, make sure to tune in for that. Until next time, this is the High and Sues Wrestling Podcast, the H E W P, the hoop, the ring, the squared circle. David Arquette. Uh, you got. You got me. You got yeah. Me. <laughs> i <laughs> you